Thanks for listening to the Petapixel podcast. Catch new episodes every week on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome everyone to the Petapixel podcast. It's Jordan Drake here with my friend Chris Nichols. Hi. My other friend Jaren's here too. This is great. Wow. <laughs> uh, and this week, we're going to talk about some of the biggest disasters that we've ever had of our own fault or otherwise while Never we're doing our fault. the show. Oh, there's going to be some examples where uh, both of us, I would say, were guilty. Uh, but So we're going to run through those. We've got lots of speak pipe questions, um, technical, and don't read the comments, lots of our usual segments as well. But before we get started, guys, I just want to celebrate for a minute because this has been the biggest week I have ever had on YouTube. Uh, Whoa, really? Views, ever. growth. Yeah, even looking at the old numbers for our viral battle at F-Stop Ridge video. Uh, you know, that one still took a little while to get up there. So yeah, biggest week I have ever had uh, because we had two gigantic videos. And a few weeks ago, you might remember me complaining like, oh man, that Blair documentary is just kind of tanked. And that thing is blowing up as well right now. So uh, yes, everybody, let's let's cheer for ourselves, uh, pat ourselves <laughs> on the back. We all deserve all the accolades before we talk about how we're really bad at our jobs. <laughs> it's perfect. All right. We're going to humble ourselves after our <laughs> glorious week. So I don't know. Let's get started with the show. So having such a great week on YouTube and on the podcast is fantastic, but it would not be possible without our sponsor today, OM Systems. So they got a really exciting promotion. I mean, if your camera gear is getting old, maybe it's like heavy, it's not weather sealed, not rugged enough. Maybe you just want to upgrade to something a bit more capable. So there's a really nice uh, trade-in program from OM System right now. This is exclusive. You get to trade up with their promotion. You got to hurry though, because it offer ends October 1st, which is actually coming up really soon here. So get on it right away. This is the last week for their trade-in trade-up promotion. Basically, you can trade in any qualified interchangeable lens camera. I'll give you guys some examples and you get credit towards an existing camera upgrade. So for example, you can get the incredible OM1. That's the one that I still use myself. I love it. With the 12 to 40 F2.8 Pro 2 lens kit, you're Ooh, not only going to get a $200 instant rebate, but then on top of that with this, you're going to get a $200 trade in bonus coupon okay so double the savings right now plus you're still getting the trading value of the camera right so we're talking like 400 bucks in that example plus the trading value of your camera. Um, just for an example, like a GH5S, they would give you like around $536, a GH5, just, just shy of 400 an A7 II, even though it's an older camera, you'll get almost 300 bucks. So this is a crazy offer. They're shaving off hundreds of dollars off the price of this kit. October 1st, 2023, gotta act fast. As usual, go to explore.omsystem.com slash Petapixel. That'll give you a lot of the details, you know, more examples of other cameras. And it's just a great way to kickstart your journey with a new OM system camera. All right. Thanks to OM system for sponsoring the podcast. Always appreciate you. Um, okay. You guys want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the Plena, the Plena, the Plena. I think it's Plena, right? Is it Plena? We still haven't figured that out. I want to hear we comments heard it both from, ways. Yeah. I'm I trying wanna, to go I with wanna, the Latin. Pl I it would be Plena. Latin. 
Yeah. At the what time said, this podcast yeah. is released, we will have been corrected. So <laughs> that's good to know. Yeah, there's there's no shortage of pedantic uh, viewers in our comment section telling us how we should do things <laughs> and how we should say them and how we should pronounce them. Ah, so, Chris, I didn't get to take a single picture with this lens. I, so I realized I didn't even you. touch it. I didn't even <laughs> touch the lens. I didn't let you guys touch it. You touched it. Didn't touch you touched it. it. No, no. Jordan and Didn't I shared a, a room. I know he touched it. No, it wasn't with us in the room. And what? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Right. I don't like the implication. <laughs> yeah, we had it for Let's a, a limited that. time. Pretty limited time. So, yeah, no, Chris, you are the only one who laid hands upon it and definitely the only one who took pictures. I what are your it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, okay. You, like, compared to the other 135s that are out there, is how's Nikon competing? Yeah, so I guess here's the thing. I mean, everybody makes a good 135. I mean, I like the Sony and the Canon. They're great lenses. It's a fun focal length to use. Um What's interesting here is, you know, it's it's kind of like the Noct. You know, Nikon made the Noct 58mm f.95. This is way more practical than the Noct. Yes, okay? totally. Let's not lump those two. No, no, together. no. no, yeah, no like but, when, I think when people saw the yellow scripting, they're like, oh, God, does it not have autofocus? Yes. Is it a 20mm f.9? What is this <laughs> no, but that's my. But this is my point. The Noct wasn't practical, but it was... Uh, basically a showcase in engineering possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like the planet is that way as well. Like, you know, so many lenses are made and designed to have compromises and work for a good budget and work for a good, you know, um, outcome with, with any downsides being covered by the camera's digital processing. Whereas this lens is like an old school optical lens where they're just like, it reminded me a lot of like a Zeiss uh, Otis, Otis or something yeah. like that, where they're just like, let's just, or the early Sigma arts where they're just like, let's just engineer this optically. And so I think that's really cool to see Nikon making a lens. It's just like another showcase for their optical performance and their capabilities. And they pulled it off because it's the bokeh is gorgeous, like beautiful, soft bokeh. The transitions, not just highlights, but transitions look really nice. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's sharp. I mean, even though this is a pre-production lens and we can't really test it fully, you can tell. I mean, you can you can tell you look at the files, you're like, oh yeah, that's a sharp lens. That's a great lens. So I think I'm just curious what Jared's mom said about the files. Yeah, Jared, oh. how did your mom feel about the photos that we took? So, I mean, like, I can bring up the text because I, 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 you emailed them to me and then I, I sent them to my mother in a reasonable yes. resolution. I didn't send her full res because she doesn't need it. Um, she said something about her lovely son. <laughs> That's, I, I, yeah, I, I text my mother too much. I actually can't find it. But yeah, she was very pleased. She's so happy that you took pictures of me because I don't actually get pictures of me taken very often. Right. I don't like being in front of the camera. And uh, you too did bad, a you got a great job. smile. You got a great oh, smile. You well, should thank be in you. front of the camera more often. I don't it, it was, be in front of the camera. My mother paid a lot of money to have braces put on my teeth there when I was go. little because well, I had very bad teeth as a child. And uh, I, I hope she know. feels like finally her investment <laughs> is worth it. has come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the lovely portraits. Hey, uh, I, I think I might actually update my LinkedIn for the first time in a long time. So thank you, Nikon. <laughs> uh, so one thing I do want to touch on, I mean, you talked about them just like doing no compromises, anything yeah. like that. But what's surprising is the weight and price is competitive with yeah. the other options out there, which really surprised me when I saw that little badge. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be like twice the weight of the Sony or whatever. It is slightly and heavier, right? But not a ton. Slightly, oh, like yeah, 50 it's like grams. 50 grams. Yeah. yeah. Totally manageable difference there. <laughs> um, and yeah, performance looks excellent. I found it really interesting. I mean, we glaze over vignetting so much in lenses because it is a really easy thing to fix in post. Um, 
but I mean, when you're fixing it in post, you are introducing noise into the corners. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and they're just like, no, there's like no optical vignetting. And we're like, cool, let us process the raw files. And they said, no. So we're going to take Nikon <laughs> at their word. I didn't see but much I think vignetting. it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It, it, very, very rarely do we see lens manufacturers emphasize a lack of vignetting. Yeah. yeah. No, it looks, it looks very good. I mean, the other thing I think to point out too is I, this is Jordan's favorite focal length. I mean, he loves yeah. these lenses. It, as he said, it is far more useful than a, in my opinion, than a fast 58, right? Like this is something that you can get beautiful portraits with commercial work, that kind of stuff. It's not crazy expensive, but even more important. And I, I'm going to repeat this again, because I know a lot of our viewers are used to our measuring system. We use the knocked as a two kilogram measurement, but this now is the we most have important. Yeah, this is the most, this is by far the most important thing. So now we got the Plena, another named Nikon lens, and it's basically a kilogram. So be prepared, viewers and listeners, for going forward, we are going to be giving lens weights in terms of plenas and knocks. We'll see <laughs> how long I'll before be I start editing one of those two out yep. of the episodes. It's a really simple cut for me. No, we'll and I'll be damned if we don't make this universal system of measurement and we need your help to do that. And all the other manufacturers should make named lenses because you know they're missing out. They're missing out on free press. Before we move on to talk about uh, the next news item, I do want to bring it up. I want to ask you guys your thoughts. What did you think of Sushi Heaven? Oh, it's great. It's aptly named. Um, yes. Yeah, that bluefin tuna I had. Uh, apologies to, you know, to the tuna fish everywhere. Yeah. But, yeah. oh, my God, it was, like, buttery and perfect. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. So it was, it was very good. Sushi Heaven is, for anyone listening who lives near the area of Monterey or Salinas or Santa Cruz, it's in Carmel by the Sea, and it's off the main Carmel drag. So you actually have to kind of know where you're going to find yeah. it. Uh, I've been going there since I was in like junior high, uh, with my parents. It was just a place that we would go. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I think right now better than it has ever been. So highly recommended if you're in Carmel by the sea at any point, go to sushi heaven. Yeah. Um, Jaron used to stuff his braces with, you know, <laughs> I did. tempura uh, batter and glutinous rice at sushi the, heaven as a kid. So the owner and, uh, the, he's there on weekends. You'll probably run into him. His name is son. Tell him that, uh, Jaron sent you and uh, he'll look at you blankly, but you should tell him anyway. <laughs> uh, all Your right. Orthodontist was like, did you go to sushi heaven again this week? <laughs> this is bad. Cleaning <laughs> rice out of these braces drive me crazy. Yeah. Get the water pick. <laughs> Okay. All right. So let's talk about uh, something that I, j I got the pleasure of testing this week. Um, CF Express 4.0 readers. So because uh, for anyone who, who didn't know, notice, the, there was a new specification come out for CF Express that will make the cards significantly faster. But mm. that doesn't really matter because no cameras can use that enhanced speed. The only thing that would really affect it is connecting to a computer. We don't know when we're going to get a camera that's CF, CF Express 4.0. Uh, capable. But right. what I found out is I took one of the new readers, which uses the USB 4 specification, which most Macs have now. They've been using it for a while. Um, and that allowed me to actually get faster speeds out of current CF Express cards mm. when connected to a computer, like significantly faster, like 700 megabits per second faster. So like, wow. uh, I think that this makes a strong case especially if you've already bought cf express cards and let's say you 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 get a new camera at some point and it needs cf express 4 and these ones aren't these cards are still valuable if you buy a 100 dollars reader you now have basically a wallet of ssd storage mm, yeah. i need one and i i think that is hugely valuable 
Although I've, some people will complain, well, what about the reliability? I don't know. I've never had a problem with reliability on CF Express. Have you, Jordan? I've actually screwed up before on a shoot and had to edit a project on a CF Express with the older protocol mm. and found it totally manageable working with like, you know, 4K, 24P, multiple yes. timeline footage. You know, how well is this going to perform with like the 8K video that we did recently? That would be a fun test for it. Theoretically, but, uh, it should be able to handle 8K60 at ProRes 422HQ. There you it go. It can even handle 12K24 <laughs> at ProRes 422HQ. <laughs> It wow. can't do 12K60 at ProWiz 42 Well, then throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it can't do wa- 12K at 60, then it's worthless. I'm, I'm about to buy a 42-inch 12K TV for no reason, and I, I need to see every freaking pixel. Yeah. Can you tell me a single person who doesn't own a Blackmagic 12K camera? I defy you to name yeah. one person. Oh, yeah. No, I use it for soccer games. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think this is neat. I'm, I love. I, I, I like being nerdy about storage and speeds and stuff like that. It's one of the few. You things. were so excited at yes. the meeting the other day. We came oh, in and yeah. we're like, "Why are you smiling? Because you're in a new house with a new studio." Like, no. Oh no no! I'm getting very fast up and down. That's speeds right. On these cars. <laughs> it's it's fascinating to me how fast things have gotten just as, since I've been in this industry. Like we used to be. Cr- I was celebrating ninety megabits yeah. per second, and now we're at two thousand. So like I'm I'm just I'm pleased. Just I'm gonna call totally you Jaron the Benchmark Schneider from now on. That's your name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not gonna benchmark. that's not gonna take off. Oh. Okay. I want to streamline it and just call him Bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All or right. you could go around like like with other tech guys and just be like, well, what do you what do you benchmark, bro? <laughs> <laughs> do we need that on a shirt? Uh, okay. I wanted to get but, you guys' opinion on this one mm. because I'm not sure exactly how to use it. Maybe you can tell me. TT Artisan announced a 500 millimeter f6.3 lens for all mirrorless mounts, mm-hmm. manual yep. focus only, $329. So first off, I just want to jump in. Like this is a brand that Jordan and I still haven't reviewed. And it's we it's just because we're so busy. Like there's so much stuff, right? We really have to. This might be the one. Um but this actually makes sense. You see a lot of like sort of affordable telephotos with ridiculously slow apertures. By that point, you're getting to diffraction. It's just garbage. But this is actually uh, not bad. I mean, a 506.3, yeah. usable, absolutely, especially with modern cameras and their high ISOs. Obviously, you have an aperture ring. I can see it there. So you can change apertures. It's not like a fixed aperture. So it looks it looks good. I'd use it. I'd try it. Yeah, I mean, the real question there is, what are you using? Yeah, that's what I want to know. What are you shooting? Yeah, like my classic example would be, you know, bird on a tree. You're not catching bird in flight with this stuff, but it's fairly static. (laughs) I I could. You know, to get the the point of view of a 500 mil lens for under $400, that's interesting for people who don't want to throw, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars at a high-end autofocus lens. I mean, this might be an interesting compromise for them. It reminds me a lot of the Canon F11 lenses, which are also quite affordable, not as affordable as this. And it's like, yeah, there's a colossal compromise to get that at an affordable price. But if you've never experienced that perspective before, you know, it might be worth it for you. Private investigation on a budget. Yes. Also. Yes. Yeah. Well, they've shown Astro work on this. Interestingly. Yeah. Moonshots and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know where these pictures came from, but I'm seeing straight up galaxies. I don't know where they, how they did that. But uh, (laughs) I mean, if you had it on a little um, 
what's the word I'm looking for, Chris? The thing that rotates as the Earth rotates. Yeah, like a, like um, uh, the, the rotating word, rotating thing for astronauts. The rotate. Yes. You all know the word yeah, I'm looking for right that's now. That's what. That's, um, that's what it's called. Equatorial mount. Then um, <laughs> you could absolutely just do a very long exposure. Do they sell those with, at the camera it. store? They do. They actually. do actually. Or did do did yeah. I'm I'm, um, sen- I'm sensing a test is all I'm saying. A star tracer, you know, there's there's lots of different <laughs> things, yeah. But I mean, you know, what TT artisan can do is make sharp optics. I mean, that much I know, right? Like it's I, I'm I'm confident. It looks like it's pretty well built. I like the Leica esque text on it, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fairly sharp. And uh, yeah, I'd I'd play with that for okay. sure. Deal. Yeah. I will see if we can get you one and uh, we'll put it on the, the schedule for the winter when yeah. Techtober's over. I mean, I remember I like those Canon 600, like the F11 and yeah. stuff like that. And this is brighter. So, you know, airplane stuff I could see people digging. There are a lot of wildlife shots uh, where where you can focus quite, you know, you don't need crazy fast autofocus. I bet some people find some uses for it. For 10 years, I've been threatening to do a rear window parody with Chris where he's wearing a cast and he spies on his neighbors as a murder occurs. And this would be the perfect lens for that. I mean, even a manual focus super telephoto. We couldn't ask for a better Jimmy Stewart lens than that. So not uh, not for remaking you. Yeah, not for remaking the movie. The key thing for spying on your neighbors. This is a great lens for spying on your neighbors. 100%. I do not. 100% is what Jordan is trying to get across. Do not endorse stepping back from it. Jaron, disclaimer at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> you heard it all here, folks. If Chris says Jordan endorses something, he does not actually endorse that with an asterisk. That would be great. Thank you. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Well, that's the news. On to nice. uh, this lovely topic of Our us main story. screwing up. <laughs> I, I'm excited for it. I mean, I, I think then, it's then nice you, to just... You take us away, Jordan. Yes. All right, so um, we're going to go way back. We're going to do some camera store stuff, uh, DP review. Go back quite a ways. I am going to tell you about my most humiliating experience, which were you at the uh, A6300 launch, Jaron? It was in (laughs) uh, Miami. I'm starting with this one. Oh, I believe I was at at that. Yeah. Okay. So they took us to an excellent uh, vegan restaurant uh, before we went out for a photo shoot at a hotel. And it was a really cool idea. They were like, look, you're going to walk through the top floor of this hotel. Every room is going to be done up like a movie or television scene that took place in Miami. I remember. 70s style, 80s style, lots of Miami Vice kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I had recently gotten my gallbladder out uh, before this trip and the vegan restaurant food did not agree with me. So I'm having a tough time uh, when we get there. So on the bus, I'm like, can you please get us to a washroom? Please get us to a washroom. We arrive there. They bring us up to the top floor. I'm like, can you, someone like, help me. This is crisis moment. I so vaguely like, remember, I vaguely remember yeah. you looking kind of sweaty and pallid. I was like, oh, absolutely. The, I mean, I had, to, I had to sit pain. beside him on the bus, right? Like he was, and, and uh, I felt. Just I, holding my hand like I'm going into labor. I felt genuine despair for Jordan. I was like, I think at the point I was like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're going to get off the bus. We're going to get to the bathroom. Oh, but dude. the greatest like sitcom reveal is they're like look we found one for you on the top floor i walk into this room and first of all it is filled with um grips gaffers and models models and all our fellow press people 
And the fun thing about the whole top floor of this hotel is it's this really modern, edgy hotel room where there's no walls. It's all glass from the bedroom to the bathroom. The bathroom door is like right through the entrance. Who wants this? Who is willing to pay a premium at a hotel for like, I definitely don't want walls. It's super sexy to watch your spouse poop, I guess. Like it it was so, I I couldn't. I could not help myself but laugh because I go in there and it was just, it was like straight up Seinfeld. I was just like, are you kidding me? It's a glass door in a hallway that everybody's standing in, right? Waiting to take shots of Miami Vice. I mean, not only that, but even if it was, even if it was completely blacked out, like a reasonable bathroom should be, the sound alone would resonate through that entire world. I mean, it would have been... And they open they, the door for me and all these technicians are like, hey, we're not quite ready for you guys. Yeah, yeah. And people are lining up with their cameras. Oh, dude, it would have been it would have been a great photo. Uh, but I think luckily the staff downstairs like let you use like one, a bathroom. One cleaning bathroom. lady is like, there. there's one in the basement. So I went to like a broom closet. <laughs> it had uh, been a bathroom repurposed as like a storage for chemicals. Yeah. Uh, and anyways, they saved me. We don't have to go into that part of the story. But yes, oh, that reveal dude. where I walked in and saw the all glass room was one of the <laughs> yes. most horrifying moments of my life. That was that was hilarious and sad. I felt I felt for you. Yeah. I mean, if we're starting with poop, uh, no, I have, we don't yeah. have to keep going down. This no, no. Route. If we're starting with poop, like so, yeah, I we were in Japan. Which was an amazing experience. I mean, you know, I've been there a few times, but we were in Japan. We got to go to Kyoto and see it. And we did all the classic stuff. I mean, it, it was it was great. But uh, we're walking through the bamboo area. There's the famous bamboo forest shots that everybody gets. But in truth, it's like an alleyway. It, it's it not a forest. Like, it's just an alleyway in this very tight with like people's houses. Like the Japanese around. suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. But, you know, we're getting our shots and my stomach starts to not feel very good. But I'm okay. I usually have a pretty iron stomach. I tough it out. We go up the hill to this big park. Beautiful. I mean, and I just, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Now, every time we go to Japan, of course, we're lucky on press trips. They put us up in nice hotels. You get modern bathrooms, modern toilets that like spray your body. The most spray. modern bathrooms. The best, right? So that's all I'm used to. I've never used a traditional Japanese toilet. Oh, I know where that, this is going. Dude, that is. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm ready. Like, I, it's going to happen. I'm not doing well and I can't hold. I'm like, okay. So I run to this bathroom and I, I'm like, I've never used one of these before. <laughs> it is Describe what like you a, saw. Describe well, what the I mean, scene is. It's like if you had a, a a pipe, a metal pipe, and you just scoop the top out of it and surround it with some tiles and you just squat over and go for it, right? Mm-hmm. It's a hole so in the this ground. Was, it's a hole in the ground. And this was going to be my first experience explosively. <laughs> and so it was... Uh, it was very, you know, I, I don't... I wouldn't care about the hole in the ground. I mean, I get it. I'm Asian. I get it. I, that's, that's the... But... When you when you've got a hole in the ground and you're trying to keep your pants and and your clothing from getting into that hole, you're supposed you're about, to fully disrobe, as far as I understand. It. I don't know. Anyways, I mean, it was it was a shotgun blast on a ceramic uh, wall, and it was great. Um, so yeah, but Jordan didn't have to hold my hand, and there was no glass around for people to watch me do it. So I he he wins. So I was walking all around that park because we had to record a roll. 
Dude. And I'm like, where is, and, and then I'm like, well, but no, it's great. He's wearing a lav. I'll just keep walking until like the sound kicks oh, in. Oh, that's and right. I ran away from you. To turn your lav off, but it also <laughs> meant I could not find, because then you didn't turn it on afterwards. So I was hunting around this park yeah. for like half an hour. I assumed you were abducted or something like that. Just absolute yeah. train wreck of an afternoon. I did have the foresight wow. to turn off the lav. because I, been... I was actually hoping you didn't, because this story well, would have gotten Jordan a whole lot better. Jordan would have recorded it. Jordan would have recorded it. It would have been terrible. <laughs> well, okay. So you guys wanted me to tell a specific story, but before I do that, because we're on this particular train of thought, I don't know if you were on the bus with me when this happened, but um, I believe it was Condo a couple of years ago, Santa Barbara. Okay, we were there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were going in between locations. And recently, because we've traveled together, you guys recognize that my body processes liquid very fast. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's one of your best attributes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like I've had people tell me, it's like, you should get that checked out if you have to go to the bathroom that often. And I was like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm not just getting like a little bit when I go pee after I've had like liquid. No, that is a full, full on 100% full bladder pee. I Our just have, unsubscriptions are just going very, I have to, I have to go very soon after consuming liquid. Anyway, we did something. I think we must have had a lunch or whatever. And we yeah. were on the, we we're on the bus on the freeway headed to a location. And we've only been in the bus for like 10 minutes. And I went before we got on the bus. Didn't matter. Refilled. Had to go. And I walked to the front of the bus and I was just like, so how long is it going to be until we're where we're going? And they're like, I don't know, another 30, 40 minutes. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to need you to find me a place to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and they're like, what? well, like when? I'm like, no, right now uh, on a scale of one to 10, how, how badly do you have to go? And 10 being go. I'm like, I'm at a nine. So they <laughs> actually had to stop and detour this bus to a casino that was just happened to be out there. Oh. And, and I had to run into the casino and then run back out. They were very quiet about that. Yes, they were very quiet about Wait, that. Wait, were you just like, why are we at this casino parking yeah, lot? I th- yeah, because, you know, it's not like, you know, the, to, to the bus driver's credit, he wasn't like, oh, this guy's got to pee. We're going to pull the bus over. <laughs> Everyone, like, the reason you're yeah. late is Jaron right <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, you ostracize him. Well, I'm sure you know. there was a conversation with the Sony reps, and they're like, "Oh, okay, well, yeah, okay, pull over." I don't know, but you know, Jaron, it's a, it's charming driving with Jaron. He has like locations plotted out where he can <laughs> quietly pee. Um, it's amazing. If if this was like if you got lost in the desert, you'd you'd six hours, you're done. Like they're just like, no, it's like we found a desiccated corpse, right? Because I don't hold on after, liquid. Like, yeah, what <laughs> you know, like the human body shouldn't be able to lose water that quick. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to move off this particular topic? Yeah, okay, I let's, you know. Be... Well, okay, so you guys, if, <laughs> if your greatest disaster, in our disaster career is this opening for this it's, show. It's just, apparently it's just bodily fluids. I'll do one <laughs> no, that's no, no. not that. Unless you All were right. ready, Jordan. Do you ready to go with yours that's no, not? No, I bod- want yours. I love okay. this story. So it's like six acts. This just happened. <laughs> Uh, and this is actually relevant because the title of this is making the YouTube show. So I was with these two in California recently for not only the Plena, the Plena, but also for iPhone. And uh, we, I don't, it's hard to describe how frenetic being at Apple Park is on one of these things. They are very strict on time. If you mm-hmm. have to be somewhere, they want you there early for it. And then you miss something, it's gone. So we were we were rushing to do almost all of our coverage. There are things we wish we had gotten that we didn't. But through this, uh, I, of course, rented a car for us because, you know, we're staying locally yeah. and, you know, we need to drive around and do stuff. Well, at the end of the day, after we had been all across this campus, 
like both ends of it. They had to golf cart us around in order to get to certain places. We Kilometers. Had ju- this mm-hmm. thing is enormous. It's you have no so idea how big. big Apple Park is. We had just emerged from the podcast room. That was at the end of the day. So we were done around 4.30, 4.45. We get to the exit. And I'm like, cool. Let's go get the car. I can't find the keys. <laughs> just... Every Nowhere pocket, on my person. Every pocket. Yeah. Searched every pocket in my bag. Searched every pocket in every pocket on my body. I had a sweatshirt. Searched every bit of that. Chris, who had never touched the keys, started searching himself for some reason. Uh, oh, I don't you, know. <laughs> you never know. Maybe I put him on him. But I'm yeah. contributing. <laughs> so like the be- the only good thing about this is that Apple does have a space set aside for people who are there for the event to sit and work. So Jordan was able to cut while I had to basically call the rental agency and do and tell them I lost the keys. I don't know what step two is here at this point. <laughs> they ended up sending by the end of the night and I would get text messages about it because they, they don't have extra keys for security reasons. If they, if the keys are gone, they have to tow the car. So the issue with that being though, is that we were parked in the parking structure and that's underground two levels. Those <laughs> trucks that they wanted to use uh, where it's, it's not a low Jack. They needed a low Jack. They were mm-hmm. using a flatbeds basically didn't fit. Yeah. You can't fit that in there. And no matter how many times I told them that they needed a low jack, they kept sending flatbeds. Yeah, so, it's so weird. Yeah. Like a traditional tow truck would have done it. Yeah, like, you can, like, they, you can so do it. Strange. And what's weird is the first guy that I talked to, the first tow truck driver, I described the situation. I was like, oh yeah, I was moving cars around in there a few weeks ago. You need a low jack. And I'm like, that's correct. And then he just <laughs> never showed up with one. And I think they just kept passing the buck to a different tow company. But you got called by like up. five different drivers. They're by like, the end of hey, the night. Bud. <laughs> They're like, hey, bud, this thing's in a park. I can't I can't get the yeah. tr- truck. And I'm like, yeah, I told the last five guys that. Yeah, so. we, this is this should be in the notes by now. <laughs> um, the By the end of the night, they had sent eight different wow. trucks to try and get that thing out of there. Eventually, it must have worked because they stopped calling me. But um, we had to get picked up by an Uber, taken back to the rental agency to get a new car in order to so that I could take them to dinner because at this point it was getting kind of late. But well, I have a hard drive dangling like an appendage behind me as I try to cut this because we got that video out late, unfortunately, because yeah. we're dealing with all this while I'm trying to edit. And, you know, on the day of announcement, everybody gets their hands on. I don't think I got mine up until like 11 o'clock midnight <laughs> that night. So, yeah, it was uh, I was stressy. Jaron was stressy. Uh, Chris was peppy. I was and, fine. Uh, yeah, it was a rough night. Well, you know, that wasn't the end of top- it. <laughs> yeah. that's like i said six acts the, the end of it was by the time i took us all to the airport the next day to go home we had gone our separate ways we'd been hanging out in the um the airport lounge and you went towards delta and i went towards alaska and i went through my bag to get my earbuds and lo and behold found the keys. <laughs> yeah you, you said those keys jaron you just uh, sent us a picture I uh, I gave them to the Alaska terminal and said, I don't know how to handle this. Here. <laughs> you, mean, you got through airport security and you still didn't find these keys, right? Like, I mean. And then, yeah. But I found them when I wasn't looking for them. And I <laughs> what did I say? When, when I couldn't find those keys the first time, I said, I will find them when I've exhausted all other options. Always and I no longer need this key. <laughs> Now, you know, it's not just losing your keys. I mean, Jordan and I, it, it's cold up here in Canada. Hey, Jordan. And. The the one Known nice thing it. about 
Yeah, the one nice thing about the winter time is, of course, it gets dark quicker. We had to go do some astrophotography. So there's a rock. It's a giant glacial erratic nearby. Now, I say nearby, but we're talking like 45-minute drive. So yep. we drive out into the winter. We get all the shots. Uh, you know, obviously, the vehicle's working great to that point. And we get our shots. We shoot our talking points. We're very cold. It's like 11 at night, 1130. And we get back to the truck. And what happens? So first things first, the electronic unlock, the little fobby thing is not working for us. So we're standing there like shivering and it's like, I don't know, like I, this was a used vehicle that we bought. So I'm just like, there's gotta be some way there's like a mechanical key in there. And yeah, you can like pop the top open and there's supposed to be a little metal. We have never tested this and there isn't one uh, in there. So we are now... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at what would you say chris 1 30 in the morning probably oh, yeah i mean because we're, we're calling wives and stuff but i mean kids are in bed you can't just be like oh i'm gonna wake up the kids throw them in the car and come get you guys right like it's 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 a very big hassle so and drive like an hour there and an hour back right like it's just not feasible so yeah we called the taxi that was uh expensive <laughs> I mean, the the thing that's crazy, too, is we were like, we're going to go get a few Astro shots, jump back in the toasty car, go home and have a nice sleep. We are not dressed at all for this. We're wearing like, you know, enough to go out for 10 minutes and get a few shots out at night. Yeah, not Uh, not an hour and a half. (laughs) I don't know if if our listeners like watch The Sopranos, but there's a famous episode where they're freezing to death because they get lost in the woods uh, trying to find a Russian guy. And that was exactly how it felt minus the Russian guy. It's just the two of us like, this is how I die. This is the worst. This sucks. (laughs) When was this and for what video? This was the Sigma, I want to say 14. Does that sound right, Yeah, it was an ultra-wide fast lens. Wait, for Petapixel? Oh, no, no. So this would be... Pre-petapixel. Oh, yes. it's the 20 mil one four. That's what it is. Oh, the last Astro lens before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, no, it was so a while ago. Yeah, yeah, no, because it was winter time, right? I mean, we started yeah. in the spring with you guys, so it was winter time. I don't so, know yeah. how the weather in Canada works. Oh, it could be cold there it in was the summer. Cold. I mean, we survived. Winter. Taxi cab yeah. guy got us. You know, it's like, hey, can we get a taxi cab at one in the morning to go to a different by a giant rock? Yeah, and then drives to Calgary. Yeah, he was not happy, but you know, hey, he got paid. But yeah, it's keys, man, keys. I know everybody uh, always wants to go on like, you know, we do these things like, well, what about camera gear that you've broken? But it spans so much more than just camera gear, right, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, the camera gear, we've definitely had some. Um, but I want to touch on like when you're just letting down a colossal number of people. This is one of my favorites. Oh. Uh, we did this series, Wooden Nickels, where we oh, create yeah. movie scenes. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite things we've done and we hire, we get like our friends DDG who are a professional high-end film crew. Like they've yeah. done feature films. They they do all kinds of commercial work. Very just, professional. Just to paint Top a picture. Of- like normally when we do our wood nickels, it's like whoever couple people we can get to help us out for free, like no makeup, no costumes. Like we do it all ourselves. It's like a high school thing, right? This was just to give context to the viewers. Uh, the first time that we had full production. So tons of crew, all professional staff, right? I mean, they have expectations for how this should all go and go, Jordan. Okay, so we get uh, access to this barber shop. We're recreating the Goodfellas scene with uh, Joe Pesci doing the like, what am I funny? Yeah. Uh, which if you haven't like seen it, you should oh, totally check fan, it out. Chris does, a great, yeah. Chris does a great Pesci. Uh, so we're setting that all up and it takes place in a smoky bar. And they're like, oh, we've got this new uh, type of fogging thing. It's so great. It fills the place instantly you know it's just water vapor no big 
thing, but it's going to make the lighting look beautiful. And it did. It looked great. It looked fantastic. And we're (laughs) shooting and it's this really interesting building where it's a whole bunch of office buildings all tied together on top of this bar. And we're in the bottom of the bar shooting this scene. Um, So they pull this out. And as soon as we start fogging it, the smoke alarm goes off, but not just for the basement of this bar with all of our crew who are like sacrifice, like no one's getting paid on this. We're all doing it because we're like, this will be fun and have like a bunch of the best professionals in Calgary. Not only those (laughs) and the extras, mind you, we evacuate all of the office buildings. This is like a block, (laughs) like it's, it's a U shaped building an entire block along three sides. All of these people are out on the street. Yeah. Uh, Two fire trucks show up like firemen coming in. Oh man. It was, and they have to go like double check everything. And we're talking to them. Like we just had, it's like water vapor, like send everyone back in. It's no big deal here. And they're like, Oh yeah. We remember just installing this. It's a new type of thing. It's a visual smoke detector. So if it sees anything that looks like (laughs) haziness in the atmosphere, uh, it'll trigger this. So no matter what we were using down there, if you set oh. it off, it would. Yeah. Um, At least no sprinklers came on. That that would yeah. that would have been. Then that would have oh, been we'd, <laughs> with all the camera equipment that we had. Oh, in there boy, everything. that would have been bad. But uh, yeah, that was. But that yeah, was we were outside for an hour, and I love. There's pictures. We had an on-set photographer, even who's a very good photographer, uh, of oh. us like talking to the firefighters and us just making like. Huh? face and them oh. being like and index it's, it's, finger out like no you don't use a fog or a visual smoke <laughs> alarm filter. it's it's one thing when you when your staff are getting paid right but when everybody's doing this pro bono just like to have fun that's tough because now you're like wasting their time right i mean it's it was oh it's yeah. it sucked <laughs> but the shoot turned out great it was a great shoot but yeah go was, watch it to thank that, those that, kind people for their time that was about it i want to talk about um jordan I and mean, we talked about his poop let's talk about how else he <laughs> other disasters that i get to witness so um one that i got to witness so let's go back to japan jordan so okay i love japan for many reasons it's an amazing country to visit but one of the best things i love about japan is being five eight i'm tall there and this is not an experience I ever get to have, right? Like, you know, I it's I, I can't even describe it. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. nice to see so, over the heads there. Like, wow, this is it what is. it's like to be tall. Yeah. Yes, it's great. But the whole the whole structure of that country is scaled down for a smaller height. Jordan there is a giant, right? I mean, he's like a circus. Kind I look of like thing. a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like I, it, I should have chains behind me and a bunch of tiny people like, don't yes. let them get too far away. <laughs> yeah, and they're dragging him on the beach and tying him down with ropes. Yeah, so we go to this beautiful Ryokan, like amazing hot springs. We have great food. Hundreds right? of years old when people were even shorter. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and of course, Jordan intimately discovered the beauty of Japan's woodworking technology. You know, building structures just with dovetail joints, solid beautiful sharp cornered beams (laughs) you get you just got it right up and you like see them oh i love constant like and and their solution was like like i smack myself and you know everyone working there is like oh no 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 here that looks really painful more sake and i'm like yes that will (laughs) help with the pain which makes me whack my head on more stuff as (laughs) he went square into this beam it was probably six feet high so it cut him like right across his his eyebrows perfect right above 
I mean, and you know, like Jordan at the best of times, even in the safest place, we went to a Korean restaurant yesterday and he ran into a light <laughs> fixture twice, twice, um, getting up is, from the table. That so is like, accurate. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and as I recall, actually, that was made of like sharp angular wood as well. So he's got an yeah, affinity flashbacks. for uh, for sharp wood. Uh, I actually, I'm going to send this to you, Jaron. I sent a picture to my wife of what my forehead looked like when I yeah. went to bed that night. Oh, yeah. And Happily, we'll yeah. share that with everyone. Yeah, we'll, we'll have it. Yeah, here. you can it chuck was... it up right here in the pod. I'll get, I'll get Dude, you that. Dude, the whole room shook when you ran your head into that. It was... Oh, all these, all these <laughs> poor, like, these, like... Do you call them geisha? Like the girls who are serving us there are just They're like, not oh, no, no, not again. They, yeah, they, I, they, I don't know what you call them. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. The lovely women who were entertaining us and feeding us while we were there. And, and, I, and I, yeah. could, I could easily go under these bars. It was great. I, I loved it. No, I had a great experience height-wise. Jordan had a bit of a tough time there. Uh, on a similar, I, I was a different trip to Japan because uh, we, we do want to touch on some gear that sure. uh, has had yep. a, has a tough go while we're on press trips. They took us to the top of the Tokyo Tree, uh, which is a the very tall tree. tower. Yeah, yeah the cool. Sky Tree. It's one of the tallest buildings in the world uh, with all of the engineers of the GFX 100. So this is going back a little ways. At the time, it's like an $11,000 camera. Yeah. Brand new. There's only a few samples out there. And Chris and I are very much like, oh, we're going to do our classic thing. I'm going to film Chris on the camera. He's going to present. And they're like, oh, okay, just be, be very careful with it. They're all with us. And that camera, I don't know if you remember it, Jaron, was so big. It had heavy. like the built-in battery yeah. grip. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Very heavy. I had a standard zoom, which was probably like a knocked as well on the front of it. <laughs> and... Uh, I always shoot with a monopod. So I'm just got it over my shoulder and I carry it. You've seen me do this. I'm yeah. sure oh, Jaron yeah. and Chris, that's how I walk around just with the monopod over my shoulder. This like camera is so heavy. Yeah. It shears the quarter 20 off of not, <laughs> not of the camera quick release plate of the three, eight thread that you attach the video head to. So a big video head with the camera, with the lens, I'm just walking <laughs> with it over my shoulder and just here like, Kabang! When I'm walking yeah. on, it's like reinforced glass at the bottom of this. It's one of those things where you're walking with the building behind you. And everybody the people looks. on that top floor are like Fuji executives, a couple tourists, and us. And everybody is just silent for like five <laughs> seconds. And in and classic, course, they're so gracious. <laughs> classic Japanese fashion, like, don't worry, it's okay, it's okay. It's, meanwhile, they're like, oh man, like, what did you just do to our beautiful equipment that we worked and designed personally? Did you damage yeah. it? Oh, oh, the lens yeah. mount is like in the shape of I, like the letter C, basically. Oh, um, so that was done. That t- camera's oh, toast. Camera and lens were done. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they, they got me a replacement. They were wonderful about it. But I'm sure they were like texting each other like, we heard from Panasonic when they were in the Ryokan with Chris and Jordan, don't give this guy expensive equipment. <laughs> He's very clumsy. And they gave it to me anyways. And yeah, I mean, that was probably 15 grand US that hit the oh. floor of the Tokyo Sky Tree. Yeah. Imagine we being, smashed- being the repair person who had to oh. look at this, like the pieces of their broken dreams. Oh, that know. was the topper. Like we've actually been very good with gear. We haven't damaged too much stuff. Um, you know, I mean, the third video we ever made together, Jordan, I did damage the stores 24 to 70 F 2.8. That was kind of a big deal. But, you know, um, for the most part, we've been pretty good with equipment, but that really, that topped it. That was, uh, that is the most expensive single mistake that we've that, made. That was, I wild. think, um, on the, <laughs> this wasn't actually while we were shooting together, but I just want to throw an aside. Uh, you did once put an Olympus EM, uh, one Mark three in the wheel well of your truck for storage. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, because that sounded and then forgot like a, about it. That sounded like a good idea. But we've talked about that on a podcast. That was actually a success story, right? Because you drove over. The, it. Uh, yeah, we, the the OM one. Uh, sorry, it was EM one Mark. Yeah, Mark three and uh, or it, or an EM one X. I don't remember. It was great camera. EM one three. EM one three. And I had the Leica. I had the Leica twelve to sixty on there, which I love that lens. That was my favorite kit lens. The f two point eight to four. Oh, so good. But anyways, the lens got destroyed. The mount sheared off, but the camera was fine. You know, and it it works to this day. It's great. So it was a testament to Olympus now OM system cameras and how rugged they are. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I will I won't put cameras on wheel wells of truck tires very often anymore. This is how we learn lessons. Yes. Jared, you used to run a production company. Do you have one story unrelated to shooting a YouTube or anything like that where a shoot has gone horribly off the rails from your pre-us life? I may have mentioned this before, but the only thing I can really think of where I really screwed up um, was we were shooting the, uh, the Sally Ride. It's a research vessel. Um, that was coming down from Seattle to San Francisco and then would go from San Francisco to San Diego where it would be at uh, Scripps. Um, And that's where it would be based out of whatever. So this was like its maiden voyage. We were tasked with capturing it coming into San Francisco uh, from the ground and from the air. And at the time, as I've mentioned in the past, it's similar to the era of the the black balls on the bottom of the camera that I used to hold <laughs> in helicopters. I was the not in a helicopter this time. Put that photo up again. Okay. Yeah, just so people understand the context <laughs> that are listening of what that is. Yes, yeah. it's a gyro. Anyway, it's I was gyro. on the ground this time. I was manning our on-the-ground cameras, but I sent uh, my friend Toby Harriman into a helicopter with an 1DX. Uh, and the most recent last final 1DX. I, I can never remember if that was the three or the four. I think it was the three. 1DX3, yeah. Yeah, shoots 4K at 60, I believe, to CFast, mm-hmm. um, and which, you know, I loved CFast at the time. Now it's a <laughs> defunct format. Um, he got all the footage, looked fantastic. The client was like, we need to see that right away. And I'm like, I don't have a CFast reader in the field. Nobody no does one that. ever did. Yeah, so like, whatever. You can plug the camera in to a computer with USB and you should be able to read the footage. The second we did that, corrupted the card completely. It's the only one, there's no backup for this. That was it. It was just in there. That was done, gone. We, uh, this is before ProGrade Digital uh, was founded. So the people who founded ProGrade are from Lexar, um, the former Lexar, now Lexar is out of China, Micron company. I, I called them like, guys, I need you we need to be able to get something off this card. Do you have any recovery software? They sent us some, I managed to recover a couple videos just enough to squeak by for the project. But then I had to mail them the CFAST card and be like, please do magic surgery. No Mm -hmm. card was forever gone. Footage destroyed. There's some shots that we, that we'd got that we were really happy with that we'll never see again. Um, That was horrible. Now we still We've completed there, the yeah. project, but oh man, or even just like accidentally formatting a card and then being like, oh, oh I've definitely I mean, it, done that. Definitely, you know, done it, that. it doesn't necessarily wipe your shots, but you start taking more pictures on it, and now you've lost a whole bunch. Yeah, of data the second before, the like, second oh. you start to shoot more on a formatted card is when it's truly your you know, dice yeah, roll. You know, um, I've definitely <laughs> done that. Um, oh yeah, I think we all have. Yeah. And then you just go reshoot, basically, (laughs) if you can. Mostly, so this is one of the few times where I wasn't shooting uh, scripted stuff where we had like sets and whatnot. And there were like people (laughs) that we could re-get back in there and shoot again. Um, This Sally Ride was not coming back into the bay that way ever again. So like 
yeah, I was gone. Anyway. I mean, Disaster. it's a good argument for backup card, like dual card recording. Yeah. If it's something I'm never going to be able to shoot again, like the entire Blair documentary was shot to redundant cards, yeah. uh, top to bottom for that exact reason. If you can't repeat it, then oh, it's nice to have that safety net. Yeah, I don't well, remember you if know, you could put two CFASs in the 1DX. It didn't have, it had one SD yeah. and one CFAST. And we were shooting at 4K 60 in the highest resolution or highest oh, like encode. Yeah, it was not possible. Then. The SD wasn't going to ha- be able to handle it. We could only yeah, yeah. You could get a proxy on there probably. So, yeah. Oh man, so many disasters. I mean, you know, like we've heard ourselves, Jordan slipped on cheer ice. I stepped on that rebar. That was fun and stuff, but oh, I'm yeah. sure our viewers will have lots of uh, stories they want to share. I fell out so. of the van in, in, in uh, Yellowstone because someone armor all the, the foot step. Oh, yeah, we we hadn't even started yet. I stepped on it, immediately fell onto rocks. Like, yeah, yeah but like, the van looked great. Yeah, it looked um, <laughs> yeah, the van looked really shiny, nice. very yeah, shiny van. Anyway, was like, there was, we go. Those <laughs> so are the yeah, ones so that we can remember, I guess. I'm right? sure you guys have comments as well about stories you've had. We'd love to hear those. So definitely leave those yes. uh, down below as well. But let's move on. What have you guys been up to? Oh, I guess I can go. Yeah. Uh, for those watching, I have a few. The studio look, looks nice. If you look carefully, it's not done yet. I still have more lights to put up in the in the cases. But if you look, see if I can point to it. Yeah, there we go. See this right here. You can tell mm-hmm. this is a Windows machine. There's there's the taskbar. <laughs> this is my PC. I have been playing Starfield on it, yes. and I am very much enjoying it. You are, hey, because we had a conversation about like they were talking about all oh, like the reviews that they're giving the the the. 10 out of 10s and nine and a half out of 10s, you know, that went to the reviewers and then people who wanted to like do a real review, they wouldn't give them copies yet until the actual embargo date came out. And, and those reviews are like four or five out of 10. So how have you been finding it? There are some things that I wish were less Bethesda-y, as I would like to say, like the okay. inventory management of this game is terrible. It, it just it just really sucks to like your, your character becomes uh, over encumbered almost immediately. Like mm. and like in a game where you're trying to find and pick stuff up constantly so that you have money you, and also no vendor has any money. So like trying to sell anything, you can sell like two things and it's like, oh, they're out of money. So it's not um, fun. It's just frustrating. That's yeah. frustrating. The yeah. uh, the ship combat is a little wonky, but it's probably realistic because you have you're fighting in full dimensions. So you, there's no up or down. Right. It's just everything. Um, and the fact that there's no maps, there's just no maps. No mini maps anywhere. You can't tell where you're supposed to be going sometimes. And the game is very fast travel focused, I think, because of it. So, like, uh, if you can't find something, just fast travel to it. And, wow. you know, you Weird. Yeah. But otherwise, it is fun. I'm having a hmm. great time. Uh, like, the combat is really fun. I'm enjoying the story, the graphics. Uh, I'm running it on all max settings. I'm getting, like, 60 frames a second in 4K on this on this bad boy. I want more, but I, I'll, I'll settle for 60. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll pass this week. I got nothing. 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 <laughs> nothing. I, you know, I, we didn't. Yeah, it's been a busy week. It's uh, been a busy lots of articles weeks. and stuff. So I haven't really been doing anything either. But um, I was curious to know how the viewers got into photography. This is the joy of photography. This is actually how I got into photography. I mean, truthfully, I think I showed the Nikon FE before on the show. Seeing that. Um, in a show, in a showcase in a small photo store here in Calgary. That's really what got me. I was like, that's a sexy thing. I want to try that. But this was the book that taught me photography. He's joy pointing photography. at two books right now for those only yeah, listening. I got, I got the sequence. So I got more joy of photography. And then the joy of photography was the first one killer book. 
I just, I'm curious how people learn now, right? I mean, I've taught students photography. That's definitely one vector into it. The answer YouTube, is TikTok. Obviously, TikTok, right? Like, so yeah, I'm curious to see what, uh, what stories have, how people got started. Not maybe just what inspired you, but also like, how did you actually learn everything mm. or are learning everything? So now? tell us in the comments. We'll yeah. go over some next week, perhaps, if we yeah, see yeah, yeah. answers to that. Like, how did you learn that? Chris wants to know. Tell him. I want to know. But this is a great book. Troy right. Photography. And uh, it's got like, uh, it's got exposés in there of like Ernst Haas and Gordon Parks. Man, Gordon Parks could shoot. Gordon Parks Man, rules. Like, wow. Like some amazing photos back then. Uh, and it is fascinating just like objectively how bad <laughs> the image quality is when we look at technical stuff, but how unimportant that is to the actual emotive qualities and way of connecting with people through the photo. And that is important because it is very easy to get lost in the weeds on the technical. Totally. So easy. And that's Especially what happens nowadays. all the time now. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I got a whole bunch of old photo life magazines from the seventies and eighties. Uh, my father-in-law uh, passed those on to us and it's great because you can just flip through month to month and all of these like cover photos on a photography magazine nowadays, I'd be like, Oh, delete no unacceptable like it's crazy <laughs> yeah. how much yeah the standards of that have changed don't you still have those i still that's the downstairs bathroom yeah uh, i don't want to keep bringing it back to bathrooms but that's the real theme of this <laughs> you episode. should like you should go old school take those photo lights put them in like nondescript cardboard boxes and leave them out by the train tracks right and then like <laughs> Teenagers the will go. Teenagers will go find and be like, "Oh, we just found adult magazines like that's so analog." And then they'll uh, they'll be like inspired by the photo life, and then they'll look at all these. I'm going to become a photographer. You could do. Who a knew that the Pentax MX had a one one hundred and sixtieth sync speed? That's pretty great snappy. Camera. These teenagers do, will say, "You could do a great <laughs> service to the photographic community by leaving these out for kids to find." Well, speaking of sync speed. Not really. We're not. I'm not going to talk about this. <laughs> I just was I just moving us on to tech support. Tech support. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've got uh, a few questions here that we're going to answer. The ones for tech support are all written. So no speak pipe here. We'll get to those okay. in the never read the comments. But the first one is from uh, Luff Kosuna 10 on Spotify. I apologize for taking so long to get to this one. Spotify does a terrible job of telling me when someone's commented. <laughs> uh, this was a couple weeks ago, but. They were one. They asked, "Was wondering if any of you have done the switch from Premiere to DaVinci Resolve? Why or why not? Any thoughts?" Mm. I know Jordan doesn't use Premiere, so I, you could change that I, to Final Cut. I did do that. So um, when I was a Final Cut Seven editor, we everybody rem well, if you're older, remembers uh, <laughs> when they abandoned Seven with no backwards compatibility, brought out Final Cut X. Um, and had completely changed the interface and everything like that. I remember Adobe in college, Premiere, people were really complaining about it. Oh, Jordan like, doesn't like change. I, I it was just poorly supported. They, there's just it like was, no features yeah. in it. Yeah, it and there weird. was no support for us, like to migrate older projects or something. Uh, so, which there was actually built into Premiere already because Final Cut was the most popular. NLE, nonlinear editor at the time. So there was already a good infrastructure for people moving from Final Cut to Premiere. Uh, so I did go over to Premiere for about a year and a half, I believe. I Chris, remember right that, when we yeah. started Camera Store TV. And you hated uh, it because you don't like change. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the switch, but no. I was okay with it. It was the it was constantly crashing, driving me mm. absolutely crazy. Uh, and then eventually I had, I believe two weeks off, like took vacation time and started cutting episodes on final cut X and starting with a clean, you know, clean break. I wasn't worried yeah. about old projects. I was able to learn it. And I still find like it 
it edits the way my brain works. I'm much more efficient working that way, even though performance is very similar in Premiere and Resolve now. Um, that's so why you're I work not on switching that. to Resolve because you've, you're very comfortable in Final Cut. Is that basically the answer here? Yeah, I can I can chop really quick. Um, and there are some cameras where the raw support is just in DaVinci, and I'm very comfortable cutting in DaVinci at this point. But it's still I'm slower. So that's yeah. why I'm still there. But if I had to choose between the two, I, the color grading tools are still just worlds better on DaVinci and the rest of the interface is quite similar between yeah. Premiere and DaVinci. So I would go that route. But I'm curious, Jaren, you still cut on Premiere. I do. Have you done much <laughs> editing in DaVinci? How Never. do you find the comparison? Well, that's oh, not funny. true. I opened DaVinci Resolve back when the original Blackmagic Cinema Camera came out. because mm-hmm. And that, that version of Resolve was awful unusable <laughs> totally yeah, unusable. before the editing tools had yeah any, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it didn't make any sense to me i opened that and i was like this is like opening uh after effects and i just closed it like i'm not i'm not learning this i, I have work to do so the, <laughs> basically the reason so this is a tough question to ask someone who's constantly working so like jordan yeah. and i if we're constantly cutting we do not have time to sit there and learn a new a new system right it's very time consuming to do that and we're giving something up to do it there has to be a real compelling reason for me at least, to move to a different editor. And Jordan brings up a good point. Premiere would crash a lot. It doesn't crash for me anymore at all. It seems like it's much more stable. I have never had a Premiere crash since I've been on an Apple Silicon machine. And so like I'm cutting very quickly. I cut this podcast the same day that we we, uh, record it. And my goal is to get it in and out as soon as possible. (laughs) And I'm not going to futz around with it. I don't have the time. So that's why. I have not tried DaVinci Resolve. I love I really DaVinci Resolve. Yeah, yeah, Chris uses it. Um, yeah, I edit to everybody, you know, like trying to leave me out of the conversation. Gee, you know, yeah, I... No, no so, one tried to. <laughs> straight, straight, straight up, I, I, I chose DaVinci. Your Pentaxian martyr complex. I know, <laughs> which, which, you, which you love, which you love. That's your biggest pet peeve is martyrdom. Um I, I started DaVinci Resolve straight martyr up. Martyr complex, but oh, sorry. I, I don't think people should be martyred. <laughs> Uh, I straight up started using DaVinci because it's free. Straight yeah. up, yeah, yeah. It's That's free. how they get you, and it's great. And 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 you you honestly, there hasn't been much need to necessarily upgrade. I, I it is difficult not being able to do ten bit files, um, but it's it's come such a long way. It's easy to edit. Even I can do it, and it's free. So I think everybody should at least give it a try. You've got yeah. some powerful features with nodes. Um, even okay. if you just want to do a, a basic magnetic timeline, though, it's very straightforward yeah, the and nodes. works well. The nodes are so, what I remember being like, this is terrible, and I left. It's so, a lot I, to but, wrap your head around. But, but when you I, see the nodes explained, and then you kind of, it's like astrophysics. It's like you get it for a bit, and you're like, wow, that's incredible. And then when you go to actually use it, you're like, I've forgotten every single thing about it. But mm, yeah, it is powerful. Anyways. We got to get, we got to get, there's so much more. We have limited time. All right. Uh, This is from David Hartfield. He emailed, he says, I recently bought a Canon 14 to 35 millimeter lens. Great lens. I need to outfit it for a trip to Iceland with a CPL and a ND six stop and a 10 stop. Will this system vignette at 14 millimeters if I stack the filters? If so, what do you suggest to overcome this? I mean, straight on, absolutely vignette. Yeah, well, I shot with this particular combo when we did the um, R6 II. Uh, and yes, absolutely. Yeah. It will. If you stack more than even a slim, I have some really thin filters, um, Maven filters. I really like their magnetic ones. Uh, and yeah, more than one, it's going to vignette on you. So you will have yeah. to use step up rings or a filter system. If you want to, yeah, like the ones step that you fit ring. around the back and then like clip on well, like, the larger ones. 
no step up ring will work, right? You can you can increase the diameter of the filters by just going to a much bigger step up ring. But then that means getting new filters for the larger filter size. Mm. They're going to be more expensive. And it's a big threat already. You're like 95, I believe, is the next step up. I, uh, yeah. If memory serves, that's an 82 millimeter. Other thing uh, you could do is get a get a stronger ND. They're hard to find, but you can find like 15 stop ND filters, 20 stop mm-hmm. ND filters, and then you only have one. But yeah, either way, you're you're plunking some cash down. Or and you don't I generally 14. am. I'm generally mixing NDs with polarizers. So even then it's quite difficult. Yeah. Um, my solution, which I strongly recommend is uh, shoot it at 15 mils. Works yeah, there me. you go. Yeah. Yeah. You can also experiment with some of the, the built-in pole ND combos. It's hard to get them in really strong strengths though. And again, they're, they're thicker than a standard filter. So they may or may not. So yeah, yeah. at 14 mils can be tough. I feel for you. All right. Next one is from Ed Corbett, also emailed. Uh, followed DP review for years, never knew who was behind the articles. Blown away, blown away by your review of the ZF in the sense that you guys were outside with the wind blowing and your audio was clean. Literally blown. Do you see what you did there? Yeah. It's funny. All right. I looked and looked but could not <laughs> spot the microphone you were using. I saw the cables and, and assumed you were using a wireless transmitter, but no microphone. Could you take a second and explain your audio setup, Jordan? We hook these on Chris. So you go ahead, Chris, explain what we do. So we do a couple things. So, uh, it's, you often will see our microphone because we do generally prefer to use, um, like a vampire clip on the outside. Well, a vampire. vampire, we like vampires. A vampire could take an alligator. Every Any time. kind of vicious animal, you can call it that kind of yeah, clip. Absolutely, we'll absolutely, also accept yeah. a pit bull clip and a tiger <laughs> clip is also tiger fun. clip, whatever you want. Yeah, um, but you know that with some sort of wind sock, right? Like like a, a dead cat or a dead kitten, you know, but lav style, little small ones. Those work especially with jackets because if you got rustling jackets, you honestly want the mic out on the outside of the jacket. It does expose it to wind. Sometimes we do have to still angle our body away or wait for the wind to die down. It's a constant struggle. But if uh, if it's warmer weather and we're doing T-shirts or something, we're not going to just like pinch our shirt with a vampire clip. It looks terrible. So we actually use undershirt stickies. And that might be where you're not seeing the microphone because it's actually on the inside with a, a double-sided tape sticking it to the inside of the shirt. And then again, we're still going to have like a sort of like dead kitten kind of thing on there. Um that works pretty well for me. I've got a hairless chest, so that mm-hmm. that's not a problem. Jordan, it can sometimes be an issue because he gets yeah. a little scratchy scratchies. The, uh, I've really thought about just shaving a perfect circle in the middle of my chest for those laughs specifically. <laughs> yeah. But then I was reminded that I would look stupid and my wife would probably not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should ask her, like, is yeah, this a cool look? Care. She'd respect your professionalism. You can uh, get these little circle things too, these little stickies um, on Amazon or Adorama. Uh, yeah. and they're, they're, I think, I, I don't remember who makes them, but they were relatively we easy to get. We use Rycoat. Rycoats are Rycoat. fantastic. We like the Rycoat stickies, yeah. We know some yeah. sound engineers and that's all they ever use <laughs> and they've worked really well yeah. for us. So, But there uh, you go. And, and thanks for enjoying our ZF uh, review. We appreciate that. All right. Well, and now, now you know who the writers are at DP Review, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. A we lot didn't of the time it was very much. Once in a while, it was Jordan and myself, though, yeah. Well, you write a lot for Petapixel now, and I appreciate both yeah. of you for it. All right, moving on to the uh, ZF video in Never Read the Comments. Oh. Daniel Dugan says, The micro SD card slot is a brilliant idea. I wish Sony had thought of that for the A6700. Any chance the Z62 gets a firmware update with a lot of these new features like 3D tracking and internal 10-bit video? What do you guys think? I don't think that they're ever going to give 3D tracking to the Z7, Z6. I just don't see it. Um, ever, even in a completely new version. 
Whoa, new, oh, no, no. Yeah, new version. Z6, so you're saying old, sorry, they won't firmware right. update a previous camera. Yes, they are not going to okay. firmware update to 3D tracking. I just don't see it happening. 10-bit video uh, on, this, on the 2 Series, the processing should be able to handle it. What do you think, Jordan? That's what's so frustrating is when they announced the Z6-2, Z7-2, they said we've the major upgrade is we put dual processors in them to support future, future firmware updates. It'll they did have 4K60 to both of them, which I will yeah. give them credit for, but that's it. Um, you know, that was the big promise of it. And both of those specs were announced when the camera was announced, like, and it's yeah. going to get 4K60 in the future. Uh, yeah, it sucks. I would love to see 3D <laughs> tracking, internal 10-bit, something to take advantage of those dual processors, but they haven't done it. And now that we've seen the ZF, I strongly suspect they'll be rolling through a Z6-3 and a Z7-3 very shortly with a lot of those new features. And I'm sure those will have it, but uh, it leaves kind of, yeah, Z6-2, Z7-2 owners out in the cold a little bit. And uh, mm. they didn't get everything that was promised uh, is my impression of it. And it sucks. Yeah. Uh, all, all right. right. Ne- next question is from Kreish. Now I say it like that <laughs> because it's spelled crash, but there's an E after the A. So Kreish, uh, this is also on the ZF. ZF, beautiful camera. I'm sure it would be a great retro stills camera ellipses. <laughs> if it would have an, a usable screen, why oh. do manufacturers keep putting video selfie screens on serious stills cameras? Even Fuji upgraded the screen from the X-T4 to the X-T5. Yeah, I don't know. World split on this. World split. On this. I like I ne- the very angle personally. Right, where you're actually. So just for the viewers, that's where you're like actually extending the screen out to the side of the camera. A lot of them call it flip out, but it's flip a, out. it's called the yeah. very angle. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind that. I get that it's a bit weird, but even for low angle stuff, I actually like being able to have that second handhold uh, on the camera with the actual screen itself. I actually find that quite comfortable because I can easily manipulate the screen angle while also staying. And you can flip camera. it around to protect the screen if you're not using it. Sure, yeah. Can't and, do that know, with the tilty. And I do use it quite a bit, honestly, for video work. I, I know we're talking about photography here, but uh, for video work, when you want to make sure you're composing yourself, like like right now, you know, getting the camera set up in a lot of cases, nice to have that that screen to flip out just so I can make sure that uh, the composition's good. So I like it. I've never, and here's the other thing. I've never actually seen one of those break. I'm sure it's happened, but I've never done it. And if I haven't done it, it's pretty unlikely because I should have done it by now. So, well, and we worked in a camera store for almost a decade, and very yeah, rare. I never saw. Yeah, a, where is a, that a mentality that they're easy to break coming from? I don't know. It looks it's out that on way. An armature. Oh, because it yeah, just it looks, looks like it. Okay. I mean, like I would it. say the little like the ribbon cables coming out of tilt screens. Yeah, uh, those a lot seem... of them are like exposed. Those seem very fragile. Yeah. To me. Again, I haven't seen a ton, but by the time those were becoming more mainstream, we were already like off yeah. the floor into mm-hmm. DP review. And again, there's there's different designs. I mean, Nikon's made some stuff. A Sony A7R5 screen is fantastic. It's kind of like a best of both. The Panasonic, um, the tilty flippy screen is great. It's that's just the big. best. It's and just it's on the A7R. The A7R5 has my favorite. I've been moaning about this for a while. My moaning. favorite LCD design, and it's only on that one camera that's not optimized yeah. for video. It makes yeah. no sense. Uh, I do quickly want to just throw out, like these companies do market research before they release product. And I know that Fujifilm started putting those fully articulating screens in because they saw, hey, our retro cameras are used a lot for video. You know, the people who want like cool aesthetics and stuff, a lot of them are TikTokers, Mm. YouTubers. Those cameras were doing double duty. And I suspect it's the exact same thing. Like the ZFC, a lot of people were using it as Nikon's vlog camera before the Z30 came out. Uh, So I'm sure they're carrying the same mindset. Like, yes, for this isn't purely a photographer's camera. It's a good looking camera. And a lot of video shooters care about that as well. 
Uh, next question is from Across186. This is in the reference to the best things about all camera brands video. I love the lighting and colors in this video. Very pleasing to watch. What are you guys doing <laughs> differently now? Are you doing anything differently? Well, we, we can had an assistant. <laughs> Go, we Chris. Can combine, we can combine that with at Dylan Live Life Creative, the next one as well. The lighting on Chris for a lot of shots looks augmented. Um, yeah, so my, my oldest son came out to help us out. Uh, operate our portable light. So we, we, you know, we don't always have, we almost never have somebody to help us out. So having that extra crew member that can hold a, a portable light, uh, we were using the Westcott LB60s or great little LED, actually put out quite a bit of power and you can run them off L-type batteries so we can be, you know, in the middle of a field and use it. So, and it made a difference. So, I mean, that's great. You guys are appreciating it. You're seeing the difference. So we'll try to uh, drag them out more often, maybe if we, if we can get, and, uh, get them to do that. A lot of the time I'm setting up a shot on a monopod, locking it as tight as I possibly can and running over beside Chris with a reflector, which is silly. And there have been multiple times <laughs> where the camera has been blown by the wind and I've caught it as it's tipping over or on occasion not caught it, which ties into the theme of this episode. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, other, I've always said the greatest way to add production value is to have more people. Uh, yeah. so yes, I, I am saying like, if Kai's willing to come out and help us more, I would love to have him out more often to like hold a boom. So we don't have to worry about wrestling clothing noise or lights, reflectors, all that kind of stuff. It's a huge boost in production value and we'll be <laughs> doing it more in the future because I loved grading that video. I was like, threw a lot on, I'm like, perfect. The contrast is already great. We're done. Yeah. So it was wonderful. Okay. Which one which one should we do next? Let's We're do this. We're running out of time. Yeah, let's do the speak pipe from um, Alicia Fay. Alicia? Alicia? How do you think? She didn't say her name. In, Maybe in they'll the, say in the speak pipe. But yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's listen in. In the podcast, uh, Jordan makes a comment about how we're attracted to retro cameras because we're artists and... We care about how things look, and so we gravitate towards them. I agree with this. Um, I'm a model, I'm an artist, and um, my camera functions like an accessory to me, and I want it to look like an accessory as well. My whole deal isn't photography, it's just a part of my life. However, my options are really just Fujifilm, and that, that really annoyed me. Because I think Fujifilm looks good. I just think their designs are uninspired and like really stuck in the past, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just there isn't a lot of options. And I think that that sort of echoes um, a frustration I have with the camera industry in general. It's very grounded in history, even when it doesn't make much sense. And I really wish they tried new things. And I want to know if there are any other examples you can think of. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting how we've seen camera design kind of go in two directions. Either it has to look as much as possible like a late 90s, early aughts <laughs> DSLR or something that your parents used to take pictures with. Um, and I did kind of love that early period at the beginning of digital where they were like, well, look, we're not constrained anymore by having to run film through this. Let's experiment with some interesting. I feel designs. like DP review did like a, 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 a like a, a we article about this. And it was like the 10 weirdest camera designs. Like one of we them looked like, like, like a ball on a stick. <laughs> I, I saw one. It was very strange. So it's not like they haven't tried, but nothing has really taken off like this very basic box. Yeah. They threw a, a everything people, at the wall. In the yeah, 90s, people everything. have an idea of what a camera should look like. And I think everyone's very resistant to deviate from that. But there were some brilliant designs that we've really left behind, like the Nikon cool picks where you could rotate the lens around was a really smart decision, I thought. Um, sure. That, like, but it wasn't those, sexy. 
see that there's this fixation on sexiness, which I also find is very rooted in history, Chris, like we agree, yeah. like a, a TLR, a, you know, a classic Nikon, things like that. There is a lot of nostalgia at play there, but a lot of the time, yeah, it would be nice to see them experiment with something that's more about function than gorgeousness. But then unfortunately we'll get it in our hands. And the first yeah. 30 seconds of the episode will be like, well, this thing isn't sexy, but let's, let's see if it can, uh, but you know, yeah, it's, it's tough because like, you know, human hands haven't changed. Right. So there's, there's certain design cues that just have to be retained, right? The, the way that we take pictures up to our face or our handheld at, at distance, you know, we have modified our behavior a little bit on how we hold phones and how we hold point and shoots and how we compose now with mirrorless cameras. But at the same time, you have these traditional tools here that we all have, two of the most of us anyways, uh, here that He's we make the cameras with. Yeah, yeah, my hands here. And so you're limited in that function. And like companies have tried to to break the mold a little bit. I mean, Sigma made some cameras that were mm-hmm. almost unholdable. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they look uh, different. They look different. It was an attempt. And and we have to appreciate that because if it fails, you lose a lot of money and a yeah. lot of time and a lot of effort. That's, so, that's where the key is here. Most companies are not willing to take the risk because no, it might especially fail. Especially now with the market. The like just is. look at what happened with Key Mission and Nikon. That set them mm-hmm. so far back because they that so much money was lost on the Key Mission program. Yeah. Uh, that like you can't take a risk like that anymore. It's tough. So I would love if everybody could like, you know, take all these wild risks. And we see that a bit with smartphones, maybe more so. But yeah, with camera gear. Yeah, it's even tough. the key mission go, talking about it, they had that one of the three was like a stick designed to sit yeah. in a pocket as a yeah. camera. That's a smart design idea that failed. Uh, failed. Yeah. So, um, okay, I have moved. We had some other questions in here, several that we wa- I wanted to get to, but they are uh, longer and we are running out of time. So we're going to do just one more that Chris really wanted to address. This was an email <laughs> email I received. Um, I'm going to read it aloud and I'm going to do my best oh, here. It's by, from by no try not to get angry. Nikon and Canon are Japanese names and should be pronounced as the Japanese do. Nikon is something close to Nikon, where the apostrophe indicates a very slight pause and the ko is slightly nasalized. I think I did a decent job, Nikon. Canon (laughs) is not like English. Canon, like shooting it out of Canon, but something close to Canon with the no slightly nasalized and again, very slight delay before the N sound. Note that neither syllable in both Nikon and Canon, I'm not saying it the way he's telling me to, is accented. Both should have Uh. the same emphasis. And then he tells us why he knows this. I agree. That is how it's said in Japan. Mm. He's not wrong. But he's basically saying that we need to say it like that. Yeah. I'm trying not to swear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to have to mark these things on the the uploads. It makes me so mad. You know, like, yeah, I I get it. We have... (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. I'm half Japanese. I know how to pronounce these things. Okay. That's not the problem. The, the problem really comes down to, I don't think we should. I fundamentally disagree with this person about it. And, and we've heard this from many other people like, oh, you guys are saying it wrong. You know, Nikon, Canon, like Canon and Canon aren't, it's, Canon and Canon aren't even that different, right? They're very similar sounding. The thing is like, the important thing to, to talk about here is he said, okay, I used to work at advanced micro devices and he had a fellow Japanese person working at this company say, oh, no, 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 no. You have to say Nikon. You have to, you have to, and, and drove it into him. That's not the, the Nikon Corporation executive telling you that because we've dealt with these people and they don't want you to say it the way the Japanese say it. They don't want the people in the UK to say it 
Nikon. They, they can say Nikon. And they're fine with that because they're a company that want to share their cameras around the world. They've been doing this for decades. And I bet you that pretty much every executive in a camera company celebrates how particular regions pronounce these cameras, right? I mean, Pentax is in a Japanese word. Do they want us to be saying Pentax or Pentakshi? They don't want us to be doing that, right? They love that everybody says it Pentax. So anyways, it makes me crazy and mad. And I'm going to continue to say it Nikon because we're in North America. There's another example of this too, is like originally I feel like Nikon was going to give you a hard time about the Z and then eventually- Yes, like, I was going to bring that up. Gave up, sure. right? Okay, you go, is that, that anything else to that, Jordan? Yeah, well, yeah, that they eventually deferred to like people's own regional, how they pronounce it. But the point I wanted to make, Chris, is if Nikon felt so strongly that that's how it's supposed to be pronounced, then their North American reps would be pronouncing it that way. But they don't. You know, every no. executive from Nikon is like, hey, we're here from Nikon to talk about our exciting Z7. And then eventually that became Z7 in Canada because they stopped fighting against the tide of language. Um, yeah. In yeah. all of Europe, actually, I think says Z. It's only in the United States and Japan. It's I think just they say Z. the U.S. that says and Japan. Says, they say Z too. But it's also can we not celebrate that people say things differently? I we mean, should like, take like yeah, like even in in the U.K. Right? I mean, something as basic as thanks. Some people will say thanks. Some people will say thanks. Some people will say thanks. I mean, it's it's the in Japan it's sunk you. There's no th. It's sunk you. Yeah. So from now on, and I don't expect Japanese people to pronounce Chrysler the way that we do. It's not like, you know, give me a break. It's ridiculous. So, but from now on, I'm just going to, I'm not going to say Nikon. I'm not going to say Nikon. I'm going to say Nippon Kogaku Kogyu Kabushiki Gaisha from now on. Okay. So that's, there you go. You're welcome. Right? Our uh, reviews just got three minutes longer. Uh, okay. Each Nikon review. <laughs> well, uh, that's all the time we have for today. Chris, I'm glad you got that off your chest. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm glad you addressed I? it. Yeah, a little bit, mostly. Until the next time. Um, the next so time. next week, all three of us will be together again in a uh, soon-to-be-revealed location for a soon-to-be-revealed reason. So It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. So yeah. see you next week. That's all Thanks I got. Thanks for our best week ever, everyone. Thank you. Yes, we and, really appreciate uh, Leave those it. comments. We want to we hear from you on uh, your experiences. Thank right. you. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,